This is The Hike, a limited series. Conversations with independent advisors and home office employees. Stay focused, learn something, and keep moving forward. All right. Well, welcome everyone to our third episode um, of our podcast video blog. Um, we're excited. Um, Andrew and I are, have a guest today. and Somebody so, agreed. Uh, yeah, and he agreed to do it. So our first our first guest, we're have some fun. Um, Andrew, maybe I'll let you kick it off and introduce Paul. Yeah, uh, uh, this is uh, Paul Ellis. Paul is our man uh, on the uh, the West Coast uh, up in uh, Mukilteo, uh, Washington. Uh, we've been working together for uh, a good amount of time now. Uh, it's wonderful to have him on. Uh, Paul runs his own podcast as well. Um, which we're, we're totally going to allow you to plug. Absolutely, Paul, plug your stuff. We love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, what everybody needs to know is that uh, Paul is an alumni of the University of Washington, as well as Valvest. <laughs> so how, how do you guys do it? Go dogs? Is that Go the dogs. Go I dogs. I my face. Yeah. <laughs> Go dogs. Val, as we talked about, I think in a previous episode, we were talking about all the books uh, behind Val. And so as we were talking about that, I, I was trying to remember, I was thinking about writing a book because Paul is encouraging Val to write a book, which I am. Sure, she absolutely should. Um, and I was tr- like, somebody asked me to write a book, but I don't remember if I was supposed to write a book. I think I'm writing a book with somebody or it was an idea that Val and I had for this at some point, which was, wasn't, I think it was the phrase like, um, paperwork's not your problem. Was that what we said? I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember that, but it was something like that. Anyway, uh, with that, Paul, how are you? Doing well, my friend, doing well. Wonderful. It's great to have you here. Thank you Um, very much for inviting me. It's a, it's a real honor. And uh, any time with you and Val is great time. That's good. That's what I like to hear, because you know nobody's going to watch this. We're very Conan O'Brien on this uh, self-deprecating humor. Nobody's ever going to see this, but uh, it's fun and for us. It'll go, <laughs> it'll go viral, but Val and I have a nice time. So we're, My mother we're, would like a copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so, Val, how about you? Uh, why don't you set us up today, and uh, then we'll, um, we'll, we'll turn it over to, to Paul for a little bit. Yeah, no, happy to do that. I think, you know, Paul and I actually, we've only connected one other time. We were, um, we had a meeting similar to this um, from a business standpoint. And um, one of the things that kind of um, put, you know, I think I threw out Andrew to you that we should have Paul on and be one of our guests is because Paul, I sense that you are very um, entwined and integrated into your community. And, um, yeah, and I just thought that that has an interesting twist. I think it has, um, an important place in business today. And I, I guess, um, excited to talk to you about, and for you to share really what it is, how it is that you engage in community, but maybe even before you talk about how you do that, how, how did you get to this point where, you know, having a community and engaging in a community was so important to you? How did that come about? Well, I think it's always important to be involved where you are, right? So um, in my 30-year career in finance, um, I've always participated in the communities in which I, in which I worked, right? And 
it's the same in Mukilteo. If, if you want to have a better community, then we need to be that light. We need to participate. We need to make it how, how we'd like it to be, or at least be involved in, in that voice. And so I've been involved with the Mukilteo Chamber of Commerce. I've chaired the Mukilteo Chamber of Commerce. Um, I support Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, both here and in other cities. And uh, just just as a uh, right before we got on this phone call, I think I shared that uh, one of the leaders in the community called me up, one of the largest business owners in the area, and he was reading something in the paper, and he just wanted to get my take on it. And uh, you know, we were laughing about uh, laughing about that topic. So it's nice to be known, um, and it's nice to know people. My tagline for my company that I've registered is "Invest in what you love." And I believe in those are the things that truly are legacy building. Those are the things that your family can take pride in. And those are the things that ultimately are going to have a reflection on on what we do as advisors. Paul, um, if you don't mind me jumping in here, 30 years in in the business of finance, Mm -hmm. part of the community. Um, Can you give us a, a background of where you came from? Yeah, I yeah I grew up in uh, Seattle, in uh, Central Seattle, uh, close to Capitol Hill, um, and I went to the University of Washington. Go dogs! Uh, You've established that, which is important. I always have to say it, just like uh, Army beat Navy, right? <laughs> you know, uh, so, so uh, I started off in banking and worked my way up through banking customer service, being a teller, safe deposit, went into trust, uh, went to be a private banker, worked as a personal banker, get up my investment licenses, and was recruited by Merrill Lynch after 14 years at the bank, worked at Merrill Lynch for another good swath of 13, 14 years, something like that. And then I decided to go uh, independent, and I've been independent for the last six, seven years. So uh, it's a good, good long time, and I've learned a lot from a lot of great people along the way, different institutions. Seafirst uh, Bank, Bank America, which became Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, Wells Fargo, and now here, now I'm home in Cambridge. Uh, and your firm, uh, Ellis Wealth Management. Ellis Wealth Management. Let me ask you one more question as it relates back to that. So when we were talking about, about community and being part of it, when you were at those other companies starting on the bank and then moving in, um, what were they doing or, or what was formative that you saw there that brought you to how you feel about being active and being part of the community now? Were, were there things that they wouldn't let you do or things that they had you do? Um, you know, what were kind of some of those, uh, the, the anecdotes of your development? I grew up in banking under Seafirst Bank. Seafirst Bank was a well-known, well-worldwide bank before they were acquired by Bank America. And Seafirst was very focused on the communities, very focused on the, in the communities. They had either food drives or, uh, you know, community painting things, um, all the time, right? Not just because of CRA, the Community Reinvestment Act, but they really truly believed in investing in your community. 
so I grew up in my formative financial years being part of a community, knowing the people in the communities in which I worked, um, you know, having lunch with these people, being on different boards, being on different diversity uh, boards, went to the university. After graduating from the University of Washington, I chaired, uh, participated and chaired in the Friends of the EOP board, the oldest advisory board on the campus at the University of Washington. Uh, then I went to the what was BEDC, the Business Economic Development Center, it's changed its name, but that board as an advisory board to the Foster Business School, uh, chaired that board for a number of years. I'm still participating there. So throughout my career, I have participated. When I was at Merrill Lynch, in addition to those boards, I was also on a diversity and inclusion board for the city of Bellevue, Bellevue, Washington. Um, so I believe in participating and really being involved. If you don't like something, you should be involved. If you do like something, you should stay involved. <laughs> and uh, that's why I say invest in what you love, because our lives are not just about how much money one has or how much capital wealth someone has. It's really about our human capital. It's really about what do we do to help other people and how do we grow our legacy beyond the balance sheet? You know, you sharing all the different things that you've been a part of, you know, one of the things that kind of questions that pops up, you know, you did that, did these things through acquisitions, through, you know, going independent. I wonder if sometimes people think they don't have time for all that. How have you, you know, kind of managed being on the different boards and yet being able to run your business? Um, how, how do you look at that? And how have you managed that? Well, I look at, I look at things that if we want to make our lives simpler, we need to have things going in a particular direction or all going in the same direction, right? So when you, when you take a look at the birds and they're flying, what, south for the winter and north for the summer, is that right? Make sure I'm turned around correctly, right? But they're going in a particular direction and they have a particular pattern. So my suggestion, and it really works for me, is everything that I'm involved with is going in the same direction, right? I don't have a business life and a personal life. I have one life. I'm a business owner. I live in my community, right? And so I'm always marketing my business, but I'm marketing my business not because it's different than me. It is me, right? So as I'm involved in my community, I'm also showing this is what Paul Ellis President, Managing Director, and Owner of Ellis Wealth Management thinks about this. I'm marketing at the same time, but I'm not marketing in a manipulative manner. I'm merely mirroring and showing or shedding light on who I am and what I'm about. So I've been able to gather clients throughout my career by people seeing my passions and that they mirror and reflect their passions and they want to work with someone who mirrors those values, mm -hmm. right? And that's how I look at it. I don't look at it as separate because if, if, if a person does, they're really going to, quote unquote, run themselves ragged, mm -hmm. right? Paul, you make, a, you make a good point there. Um, the idea of 
moving in the same, I want it moving in the same direction. Um, you know, uh, with, with, you know, the various, uh, with all the people that, that we've probably met throughout financial services or other businesses and so on. Um, I, I do find it interesting if you said that I'm reflecting back on a lot of these relationships and there are people who, yeah, so their main river's running this way, but then they got a little extra, just something going that way. And it just doesn't quite match up with this one. So it's, it, it's almost like saying, you know, one way or the other, well, your this personal life is going this way. But wow, your business life is way over here, or vice versa. Wow, your business life is straight, but your your personal life is you're trying to go back up that hill. So that, yeah, that's, so that's, that's a, good. To me, that's a fractured way of living or a fractured way of thinking. Right? I just want every. I, I want it to be simple. I want it to be as pure as it can be. I want it to be clean. Right? And in doing, and I don't want to feel look, we're busy enough. I don't want to do things that are taking me away from what I need to do. I don't mind leveraging things that I need to do to help me get further. Right. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And that's why I, I, I started the podcast, EWM insights, EWM insights, where we EWM insights, you say, what's the name of that again? EWM insights, Ellis Wealth Management insights. Yes. You can listen on Spotify, Amazon, Mm -hmm. right. Apple podcasts uh, on my website. And the purpose of that podcast is to once again, highlight human capital, focus on the community, focus on, this broader community. What can we learn from each other? Once again, providing wealth, wealth of knowledge, expanding human capital. And you can say it takes extra time, but guess what? It's what we do, mm-hmm. right? Another opportunity to, to expand. That, I just, I just gotta say how much I love that, that, that simplify, you've simplified that going in that direction enables you to do more, have a bigger impact you know, serve your community. I just want to highlight how awesome that is and what a great takeaway that is. And that, you know, it's that kind of like that concept, you know, sometimes we have to slow down to go fast, you know, you're simplifying to go further, you know, or to, you're simplifying to have more. um, Thank you. More, you know, impact, more influence. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Can I ask a question uh, I, I, again, spinning through my mind about this, did you find or have you found that, since you went independent, you have, to what Val's saying, you have essentially simplified, but you've been able to then, let's call it blossom uh, in your sense of community, because now you're at the helm. There is no, though Though these all companies, you know, probably did good things for the community and so forth, but I'm sure that, you know, that there, there might've been some overreaching corporate kind of control over it um, that maybe you didn't, go along with the best way to say, but now that you've gone independent, it, it, it's now really started to blossom, maybe a little bit bigger than it had in the past. I'm just wondering, you know, the, if you're feeling what I'm saying is taking over your, you know, you have your personal life, but then taking over your business life, you're now in control. Has that really helped to blossom your engagement in the community, um, working with community and so on? Absolutely. Uh, you know, a manager I had many years ago said, whatever you do has your signature on it, right? Whatever you do has your signature on it. And 
whether you're facing shelves at Safeway or QFC or whether you're being a paper delivery person or however you're serving others, whatever you do has your signature on it. And being independent allows you to have a signature that really allows more freedom of movement, if you will. Right. It's hard to sign something if you're boxed in. You got to sign in this little area. And we've all had to sign in little boxes and we're trying to hold the pen differently and we get a cramp and it, it doesn't look like our signature. Right. It's really nice when you got space on a page to, to sign. When you're independent, it provides you that space to, to sign your signature, to be involved in a way that that aligns with your beliefs and your passions. And you don't really have to worry about how is this reflecting on my manager per se, or how does this, does the big box company, have they invested in another position against what you may personally believe, right? Do they have political affiliations that you might be running against? And let's be honest, Merrill Lynch has a particular viewpoint. Goldman Sachs has a particular viewpoint. Bank of America or Bank of America now has a has a particular. Well, we all know Wells Fargo has had you know particular viewpoints, right? They, they certainly do. They, they certainly they, do. They do indeed. As an independent advisor, I don't have to worry about what the corporate world thinks about those things. I might be completely at odds with those things. I only have to be true to my faith, right? My faith, and am I following the law, <laughs> right? And of course, I want because my 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 company is under Cambridge or it's it's at Cambridge. I don't want to do anything that's going to bring a bad name to Cambridge or my association with TAG. I, I don't want to do that, but I'm not beholden. And that same beauty that allows me to give financial advice and an investment management without those additional constraints is the same freedom that I have and liberty that I have that I can participate in my community along with my God-given beliefs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Does that make sense? It, it certainly does to me. There's nothing that we do at TAG that should cause you to then make a decision or be concerned about, you know, with how you're going to be being viewed versus, you know, working at the big, big box, you know, uh, the, the, the people of Wells Fargo, yeah, they got to answer for those actions. You know, um, the, I'll, I'll go another, I'll go another route. We're kind of going down the rabbit hole, but this is kind of interesting. Uh, the folks of Dow Chemical uh, sometimes have to answer for the things that Dow as a corporation have done. Um, though they did not do it, well, it's where you are. It's yeah. And we're not, and we're not saying one over the other. One company is is good and one is bad. It's just you know those those are that's just the way that things are. I'm just there. saying that they have that we have. I have the freedom to practice my faith and my does my passions that are in line with how I manage my company. In, and being involved in my community. I don't have to get permission to do that. And I don't have to worry that someone is funding a different, the opposite side of that viewpoint. I don't have to worry about that. I just worry about, am I doing the right thing? I love one thing that you said. So I'm, I 
I have wrote down and I will, will remember this simplified concept, but I think one of the things that you've, you know, kind of described here is in a way, you know, you know, TAG and Cambridge together have simplified things so that you can simplify and go in that direction that you want to go. Um, but it can be different for everyone, to your point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of different for everyone, um, if there's someone this thinking, you know, I'd like to get more involved in community, but I'm sure where to start. I have never, been, I'm not like all and been doing it for my whole career. What advice would you give them to get started? Well, I think the first thing, if I, if I understand the correct the question correctly, what would I suggest to someone who just wants to get started and may not have, you know, been involved for a long time? Right. The, the first thing I would do is just say, raise your hand, step forward. There's always a place that that community can help uh, could use you. Right? You don't have to be an altar boy or an altar person. I believe it's altar server now. I believe that's altar it. server. I was an altar. I was an altar boy. Right? I was an altar boy. I was an altar boy. You've got two altar boys on here. Two right. altar boys. Right. And you know what? As an aside, as an aside for for those that are uh, aspiring altar servers, people would always try to like get the uh, like, oh well, I want to I want to serve at the wedding because you get paid. Funerals pay better. I'm telling you, funerals paid better. Tips for the. Uh, uh, for the for the altar servers, we got paid more on funerals. Listen up, kids. That's where I'm you- sure that our big audience of potential altar servers are going to benefit. Yeah, they probably will. They probably will. You you, well, you back, watch. Well, but, well, back to back to the service aspect, though, right? I'm sure Andrew was the same way. Is that the service was unto God in the parish? Right. It wasn't. Am are we going to get paid for this? Oh right? no, certainly not. It was just one of those things. No, certainly. Right. Not. Right. Right. And and it's the and it's the same in all kinds of you know true acts of service. Right. Is you want to do what you know to do. And my and my to answer your question, Val, I just think you raise your hand, you step forward, and you say, "Hey, uh, what can I do? Where can where can I help?" And through that process you'll find real niches or areas that um, that you will gravitate towards, right? Um, and you will, you'll be a blessing. Uh, are you, ser- are you serving on boards now or are you just um, volunteering? Yes, I'm on the Muckle T- yes, I'm on the Muckleteo Chamber uh, board. Okay, I'm sorry. I, you might have said that before, but I, I thought I heard it as that you that you were. So you're currently yep. on on you're on the board. I'm the immediate past president, and I'm on the on the um on the on that board uh, chamber board. I'm okay. also involved with the University of Washington uh, on their what used to be the Business Economic Development Center board. Um, it's now the Center for Entrepreneurialism. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm getting older. I just I just I really bonded with the old name. <laughs> you know. But anyway, I'm still really involved with the University of Washington. Um, really involved in my uh, my community, and I'm not an altar boy anymore. No, no, no. no. Oh, it's okay. That's okay too. Once an altar boy, always an altar boy. But yeah. that's I could look. I many times. I'm sorry. Now we're going back to. Uh, I've been, I've gone to, um, going to mass here or there. Uh, and it's funny cause my wife, uh, I'm Catholic. My wife was not. And a few times, uh, when we were first married and so forth, um, I, I would, if I was at church and they didn't have it, I would, I'd go serve. 
And she, she said, what are you doing? I go, I don't know, this is what you do. Nobody here. I can do this. I know what we're doing. It's the same. <laughs> well, let me just share this. Can I drop this real quick, Val? Hey, oh, yeah. Go for okay. it. All right. Um, in, in the New Testament, where St. Paul talks about the gifts, right? They talk about, talks about the gifts. There's a gift that very few people really talk about, and that's the gift of helps, right? Everybody wants to be a pastor. Everybody wants to be a preacher. Everybody wants to be a singer in the choir. Everybody wants to, but there's a gift of helps, which means helping, finding where you can fit and serve, right? Or hospitality, have you ever been at a place and somebody hasn't offered you a cup of coffee or water or tried to make sure that your chair was comfortable? That person is the most important person because they have taken the pebble out of your shoe. They've given you the water. They've made sure that you are comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Let me just share this, if I may, real quick. Um, years ago, I was at Merrill Lynch and they had these speakers come and they were two guys from Florida. And... Um, they dressed like they were from Florida. They were proud that they were from Florida. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. That's the farthest you can be, you know, point to point in the USA. And they were trying to say that you need to run your business like a doctor's office. Have we ever heard that before? Oh, sure. Everybody We've heard did. that all the time, right? Sure, sure. And he was trying to make that point, And he was also trying to make the point of showing you his cufflinks while he was moving his hands. And I said, really, who's the most important person in a hospital or in the emergency room? Now, my father was in the medical profession and he worked in the ER. So I knew a little something about this. And so I said, who's the most important person in a hospital or in the ER? And he said, well, that would be the physician. That would be the surgeon. And I said, no, it's the first person who smiles at you. Because when you go to the ER, it's generally traumatic. You're either taking your kid or it's you or whoever. And what does that parent or loved one want to know? They want to know that it's going to be all right. Yes. Yes, sir. So, so the person who smiles first the person who lets people know, hey, it's going to be all right. We got this. Those parents or those loved ones glom onto that person. That person is the lifeline, right? Mm-hmm. You want the physician. Great. But I want hope. I want someone who cares. I want somebody who has empathy and can touch me, right? We've all had people in those positions. I've been to the hospital more often than I'd like under different circumstances more often than I'd like. And I can say unequivocally, the person who smiles first and cares is the most important. The gift of helps, in my view, is one of the most important. Helping and being involved in your community, I think is more important than most people give it credit for. You probably will never get credit, but you're touching people where they really live. And you know what's so beautiful about that, that how simple that is to take a fancy education. It doesn't take, um, you know, a fancy preferred education from the university of Washington. Um, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take anything. All of us can do that. All of us can Mm -hmm. be the first to smile. All of us can be the first, um, to give, um, something so simple. So that's, um, now, I mean, you can see why everyone, um, why I wanted Paul on, he was my first thought on who we can have on this 
um, this show is because this is just just so yeah. insightful. Yeah. So and, and and Val, I think I think Paul Paul took probably our final question for him and answered it well. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna ask the question. Okay, the final, we'll call it the interview, the, 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 the heavy stuff question. And I just want you to rephrase it to say, Paul, tell us what's the most important thing about being part of the community. You just told us, but let's hear it again. Let's hear that again. Well, I think the most important thing about being part of the community is you actually have a stake in it. You're a stakeholder, right? And you may not get the credit. People have different titles. And like Val said, you know, these titles are important. Um, These other positions are important, but it's the work that's the most important. So whether you get credit or whether you don't get credit, that's the most important. And you're able to make a difference. And for me, it's putting everything in a very simple line or a simple form, right? Like those geese going south or north. And it's all going in the same direction because the legacy isn't how much money we leave. I mean, you have it great, right? It's a tool. Our legacy really is that signature and how have we touched other lives? Yes, sir. Great. Wonderful, Paul. Absolutely wonderful. So glad we had you on. But Thank we do you. Have, but, but sir, uh, as we wrap up, we actually have one more question for you. Okay. One. I'm going to let Val ask that. Because she came up with it. It's a good one. Oh, my gosh. Well, so I'm and I was as you were sharing that that final answer. I was like, oh, I can't wait to ask this question, because as you've talked about simplifying, you know, kind of following that line you mentioned, you know, one thing that we know our habits are the processes that we enable or, you know, kind of enable us to move forward and to have, you know, success, however you might define success. So would love to hear from you. You know, what's a habit that you have that helps drive that simplicity, helps drive that line forward? Wow. That's a good question, isn't it? That's our that's our wrap-up question. Now, we didn't pre, you can tell we didn't prep you for this. That makes it even better. No, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. So I have on my phone, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I, I strive to be better every day. But I have on my, my phone uh, the Bible app, and I have on my Bible app a verse of the day, and it's the first thing I want to read every day. It's my compass. It's the first thing I want to read every day, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, like Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, right, with the, the compass, right? There you go. Yeah. Okay. He opens it up, and while that compass may not his doesn't necessarily point to true north. It points to whatever he desires the most in life, right? Um, I open up mine every day and I look at and read and spend a little time meditating on that verse. Um, that's my habit that I have every day. That's great. Great habit. Great habit. Keeps you pointed the right way. And I all love pi- when you started. All, all pirates need a compass. Yeah, pirates need a compass. I love how when you started that you also mentioned that you're not perfect at it. And I think the thing with a habit is, is that, you know, we just, we keep doing it over and over. You know, it doesn't matter if you miss it a day, you catch it up the next day. And to your point, it's something that um, it helps guide your direction and, and helps keep you going in the direction that you want to go. So that was, that was great. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Paul. Thanks so much. And Paul, thank you so much for joining us. 
Um, it was great to have you. Hopefully we'll have you back uh, uh, for another chat. We're really looking forward to it. And, you know, uh, what's the name of that other podcast you're on? What's the name of that one? It's EWM Insights. EWM Insights. You can learn, listen to it on podcast of, of Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google, Spotify, or at the website, elliswealthmanagement.net, elliswealthmanagement.net, not .com. It's elliswealthmanagement.net. Wonderful. And Paul, all of our friends that listen in and watch, they can, they can reach out to you and say hello on LinkedIn. Is that correct? That is correct. Wonderful. Well, uh, for uh, Andrew Evans, for Val Vess, and for the uh, magnanimous Paul Ellis, thank you. Thank you all for listening, uh, watching, wherever you're hearing it and watching it. Um, have a great rest of the day. Um, best wishes, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everybody. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you for listening to The Hike, securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, and member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. TAG Advisors and Cambridge are separate entities.